Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. It's a very well-known verse in the scriptures. It's likely the most well-known verse in Philippians. Folks sing it, quote it, and recall it during challenging times. Today on Drawing Near, we take a look at Philippians 4.4 and try to understand what Paul is commanding the Philippian believers to do. So once again, let's open our Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4 and follow along as we study Rejoice, Rejoice. As we prepare for our study today, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for the blessings of each new day. We also thank you for the challenges because those challenges purify and mature us in the faith. They're difficult. But Father, you've given us a great deal of encouragement from your word as we try to deal with challenging times. Father, today as we study this passage, I pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds to the truth of your word, and you'll help us, Father, to simply rejoice. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Today, we will take a brief look at one verse in Philippians chapter 4. That verse is Philippians 4.4. The reason why we're only looking at one verse, and maybe the reason why this podcast won't be all that long, is because this verse is worthy to stand alone. It doesn't really tie with what's in front. It's not perfectly tied to what follows. And so we're going to look at it for just a few moments. The verse says, Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. This word is a word that can be experienced either through emotion, internally, or expressed as an action. We can feel inside the emotion of joy, or we can express out loud by the way we talk and look and act this sense of joy. When Paul tells the Philippian people in this letter, Rejoice in the Lord always, he is reminding them, as he has done in nearly every chapter, that joy is to accompany their situation as a believer in this world. Paul says that he is rejoicing while in prison. He's rejoicing as the gospel is being spread while he's in prison. He's rejoicing over the Philippians' walk with the Lord. He's rejoicing over his suffering. He's rejoicing in everything. That's not to say that Paul is constantly upbeat in his mood and in his tenor of his life. It means that no matter what he faces, Paul is rejoicing in the Lord. He's thankful to the Lord for what's going on. He's acknowledging the positive outcomes, even though he himself may be suffering. Now think about this for a second. We can both be suffering, that's a negative emotion and a negative experience, and rejoicing. How do you suffer and rejoice? Well, rejoicing can be the overt or deliberate response to the suffering we have. We can rejoice in the Lord without necessarily being comfortable. We can rejoice in the Lord even when we don't necessarily experience anything positive just in ourselves. For instance, we are told in Scripture to rejoice when others rejoice. 
We're to rejoice simply because they're rejoicing, and we're to rejoice in whatever they're rejoicing in. If we're to understand rejoicing, we need to understand this. We are commanded to rejoice. Paul is commanding the Philippian saints to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He's emphasizing the need, the priority, the imperative of rejoicing. So how do we rejoice when we don't feel like rejoicing? Because when we want to rejoice, we do that automatically. There's nothing that we have to do. We just rejoice in the Lord. Rejoicing is a choice. We can choose how to look at our suffering. We can choose how to look at our circumstances. We may be suffering. Our circumstances may be dire. They may be bad. But we can choose to see what the Lord is using those things to do in our lives or how he is working in our hearts and lives through suffering or through hardship or how he is being glorified, exalted by our testimony. We need to understand that how we look at our circumstances influence whether or not we obey the Lord in rejoicing all the time. Paul rejoiced while he was in prison, not because he was glad to be in prison, but because he was imprisoned for the Lord's sake. And he knew that because God is sovereign and providential, that he wouldn't be in prison had the Lord not allowed him to be there. It's like Pilate and Jesus' conversation. Pilate tells Jesus, Do you not know that I have the power to set you free or to crucify you? And Jesus tells him, You have no power unless you receive that from above. So Jesus has surrendered himself, not to the Sanhedrin court, not to Pilate, but he has surrendered himself to the sovereign will of his Father. And because of that, He could endure the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was before him. He could experience in his heart the anticipation of the joy that would come as a result of his suffering. Paul was doing the same thing, because whether he was set free or whether he died and went to be with Jesus, he was going to be set free and rejoice. He could look forward to the joy that was coming. When we lose a loved one in our lives, it's hard to rejoice over that. Now, we can deliberately choose to rejoice over the fact that our loved one, if they knew Christ, is with Jesus now, and that we, knowing Christ, will one day be with them. We can rejoice over the fact that they will no longer suffer on this earth, suffer with sin, that dealing with death is over for them. There's a lot we can rejoice over. The problem is sometimes we choose not to rejoice. We choose not to focus on what God is doing through our circumstances. Rather, we focus on ourselves. We focus on our pain, our loss, our suffering, our concern, our worry, rather than focusing on God's sovereignty, God's purpose, and God's glory in all that's going on. It takes maturity to rejoice always. It takes discipline to rejoice always. The problem with our understanding of rejoicing is we often think that it's automatic, that it's not something that we have to choose to do and then put into action deliberately. 
Sometimes we have to start by rejoicing out loud when we don't really feel like rejoicing on the inside. It takes a while sometimes for the outward expression of rejoicing and the inward feeling of rejoicing to actually come together. There's a well-known song, a hymn, called It Is Well With My Soul. And the writer of that hymn has experienced deep loss. As he writes out this hymn, he worships the Lord and he rejoices in the Lord's sovereignty and the Lord's provision in the midst of his loss. Many people would never say that the song, It Is Well With My Soul, is a song of rejoicing. But in fact, it is. And I bring this up because if you're familiar with this song, it will give you an idea of how we may rejoice outwardly, we may rejoice even inwardly in the midst of sorrow. Because rejoicing calls into account all of God's promises, his presence in the good times and the bad times, and we give thanksgiving for all these things that we experience as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. This one verse will take a lot of contemplation. We need to think on it, maybe think on it more than other verses, even though this verse sounds so simple. But there is nothing simple, nothing easy about rejoicing in the Lord always. Remember it's a command. Remember it's a choice. And we as believers have much to rejoice over. Father in heaven, help us to understand what this means. I know with all of my heart that I did not express this very well. But Father, I don't think it's something that can be taught verbally very well. It's something that must be experienced in the heart. It's something that we must try to do and work out under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and obedience to you. You must do this work in our lives. That's not to say that we don't have a part in it. We must choose to ask you and enable you, allow you to do this work in our lives. We must surrender at all times to rejoicing. Help us to do just that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.